Hello, everybody. Welcome to my new kitten. I am Bobby the Awesome, and I am so excited about the guest I have today. He is like one of my heroes, and I've been fortunate enough to spend three or four months getting to know him in one of our classes together, and he's just fabulous, and he's going to tell you that he's just a average Joe, probably, and he's a lot more than that. So join me in welcoming Jason, or JB, as I like to call him, to 321 New Kidden. Hello, Jason. Thank you for being here on 321 No Kidden. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always an honor to come on, you know, any anybody's podcast, but someone that we've just uh, we've just recently crossed paths. So it's going to be interesting to to dive in here. So thank you again for having me on. Absolutely. So everybody, this is Jason Fine Like Time, and he's from Jump Above Boundaries, and I'm fortunate enough to be in the same class environment. I guess is the way to say it. And Jason has a lot of information that aligns with my vision and a little different perspective that he can share with us. So Jason, I'll be quiet most of the interview. So feel free to start us off telling telling us about where you're from, what do you like to do for fun, a little about your business. Sure. Thank you so much again for having me on. We'll just uh, hit the wave tops here. I'll take you through my story a little bit. Uh, you know, people are looking at my name and, and my picture and they're like, who the hell is this Jason Bime character? Let me uh, alleviate your concerns. I am nobody. I am a nobody. I'm nobody special. Just an average Joe. You know, put my pants on one leg at a time like everyone else. The, the only thing that's separating me from a lot of people is that I've essentially been conquering and overcoming multiple, multiple types of adversity throughout my entire life. So I've suffered through crippling anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, multiple different types of addiction, you name it. I've really been getting hit over the head. And uh, those, those experiences have led me on the journey and path I'm onto now with Jump Above Boundaries. And, you know, from a young age, I really had this deep-rooted need and desire to feel liked and accepted. And that led me down a positive path. In, in my early years, that, that brought me down into sports, right? That's a great outlet for people, but I'm not the strongest, the tallest, the fastest by any means. So once my sports career ended, if we could even call it a career, I kind of used that addictive mentality into, you know, into a negative mindset. And that's when the drugs came in, into, uh, into play for me. And I, I was heavily addicted to drugs for quite some time went, you know, deep down the rabbit hole with drugs. And, and once that drug addiction ended, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, it didn't end on my own accord. I wish it could have been this one moment where it was like, aha, time, time, time to quit the drugs. But, you know, you'd think that moment would have been when I went to go score some drugs in the projects in the Harlem, you know, in Harlem in New York City. Next thing I know, in a drug deal gone bad, I'm getting jumped and staring down the barrel of a nine millimeter. You would think, that would be it for me, right? But for most addicts, they're not thinking rationally. So that moment for me made me want it even more. It was like this unattainable object, this golden goose that I couldn't get. So, you know, the turning point for me was my first girlfriend. Thought I was in love. This stems back to my deep-rooted need and desire to be loved and accepted and, and liked. She said, if you don't stop doing the drugs, I'm going to leave you. So I said, okay, no problem. I'll stop doing the drugs. I don't want to lose this companionship. But this is where my story takes a turn. I've essentially been bouncing from addiction to addiction to addiction my entire life. 
And since I wasn't ready to give up the drugs, I essentially morphed my drug addiction into an even worse addiction for me, and that was food. So I used food as my crutch. And even though I wasn't in physical jail, I was in a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual prison trapped inside my own body. Fast forward five years, May 2011, I see my college graduation picture, and I realize in that moment, you have become morbidly obese. So I stepped on the scale, and like I said, I'm not the tallest, so I used to be called five by five, five feet wide by five feet tall. I ballooned up to 300 pounds. So I was using food, essentially, as my coping mechanism for everything. And it was in that moment that I decided it was time to make a change, went on to lose a ton of weight, uh, transformed my outlook of life in the process, and now I've created this this coaching brand, Jump Above Boundaries, where, you know, I'm just trying to help average people like myself who don't have anything spectacular going on in their lives. They're just normal people get up every day, do, you know, do their nine to five job, pay their bills. If anyone's feeling stuck or alone or anything, we could be your accountability buddy because you don't need to go it alone. And unfortunately, all throughout my journey, I went through it alone. And I think it's, it's made me equipped to help people now going forward. So that's just a little bit about my backstory. All those addictions are, you know, addictions are funny thing because it doesn't matter what you're addicted to drugs, food, gambling, you know, risky behavior, you name it. Addiction is addiction and it affects people in the same manner. So we could dive in a little bit into any aspect you want and go from there. Well, I think I would like to, I, I thought that it was very clear how you said you went from one thing to another to another, which is part of why I'm not doing alcohol right now is because I felt when I first quit gambling, I still relied on alcohol quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So I totally appreciate that. You have me curious though. What do you find any differences between like the drug addiction, for example, and the food addiction? And then I also am curious what happened to the girl and all that, that transition. Mm. Mm, interesting question. So most of the people in my life, I have found that w they were one-way relationships. And all these people that were in my life were not serving a purpose other than to feed my need to be accepted and a, a, a way to feed my ego, which was another addiction for me, was my ego. I was addicted to success. I was addicted to the materialistic things. So I have this very highly addictive mentality and personality. That girl is no longer in, in my life. She was gone a long time ago. And I thought once she left, that was the end of my world. She was my high school sweetheart. We were supposed to, you know, have a happy life together. But it ended up being a terrible relationship for me. It was a one-way relationship where I gave any, everything of myself and not get, got anything in, in return. So you know, learned a lot throughout that relationship and, and it's manifested now into, into better relationships. So it was a learning experience. And some of the similarities between my addictions is that the root cause of the addiction was always the same. It was just the outlet that I used to satisfy that addictive need, be it drugs, be it, you know, success, be it food. So the similarities are, are very very aligned because it, it, it didn't matter what I was need, what I needed. I was just in seek of something because I was the guy who was never comfortable in my own skin. I was always, you know, 
insecure. I couldn't look myself in the mirror, couldn't hold myself accountable. And I was just looking for an outlet to use to, you know, numb my pain. And that's all my addictions were, were essentially outlets and escape from reality. Thank you. You triggered another question. Let's go. So you saw this picture of college graduation and that was your turning point to start the weight loss journey. Mm -hmm. But you've also said that I'm, I'm hearing wholeness in you, you know, professionally, spiritually, mentally, all that. So to lose weight, count calories, exercise, whatever that looks like, maybe you can give us an overview, but how did you also get the rest of, of that piece or those, those other learnings? How did, like, what was your, what was your way of getting those attributes and, and discovering about yourself? So I, I wish I could say it was like this one aha moment similar to the drugs where it was like, okay, this is the point where I've turned around and I've turned my life around. But essentially it's been a 10 year journey. And I didn't realize that all these things I've been doing along this journey to better myself are actually scientifically proven things that actually work. I just thought, you know, I was, I was doing things that I thought was the right thing because like I said, I, I, didn't have any support. I just kind of was figuring it out along the way. So a lot of things that I've done along my, along my method and, and my transformational journey, they are actually scientifically proven things. So we're talking about setting goals, right? Setting goals is one of the most important things addicts can do because they need, they need some type of direction. So the way I look at my goals is I want to make goals smart. I want to make them specific. I want to make them measurable. I want to make them achievable, relevant, and timely. Because in, in, in life, everybody has these overarching goals. But what I found is the people who make their goals so specific and honed in, those are the ones who are going to achieve and accomplish their goals. I mean, studies have shown that out of the population, only 20% of people set goals for themselves. And only... Out of those 20%, only 30% of those 20% see those goals through to fruition. So that means only 6% of the population will set goals and achieve them. That to me is mind boggling because if you don't have goals, you don't have direction. I think that's why people are swimming a sea at drift, drift and are lost. So one of the main things for me was you needed to set goals, but you need to set goals that were realistic. When I was going through my weight loss journey, I knew that if I looked at it overall and said, holy cow, you need to lose over a hundred pounds, that could look as, you know, that could be an insurmountable task. You could easily get overwhelmed. You could lose the forest through the trees. But what I needed to do was I need to have an overall goal, but all you need to do is focus on the small little habits. So I broke that overall goal down into a quarterly goal, a monthly goal, a daily goal, a weekly goal, an hourly goal, and a minutely goal. So all I had to do was focus on conquering that one minute. As I did that, I moved the needle a little, a little further, focus on conquering that minute. And then I stacked minutes into hours, into days, into weeks, into months, into years. Next thing I know, I've accomplished my overall goal. So you ever hear the, the, the saying, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Right. You got to make sure your goals are, are attainable because if you don't, if you don't, set goals that are attainable, you're not going to reach them. You're going to get discouraged and you're going to fall off the path. Did you along the way give yourself like rewards and penalties 
as you chipped away at your goals? So that's a great question. And a lot of people talk about, and, and we'll just bring it back to food for me, because a lot of people talk about having cheat meals, right? They want to cheat on their diet. What I actually implemented was treat meals because I don't want to cheat myself out of anything. I don't want to cheat my body. I want to treat my body. I want to put myself, you know, through the ringer. I want to, you know, work out hard and I want to earn it. So at the end of the day, I'd say, Hey, you go through this hard period of time at the end, you're going to have a treat and you're going to treat yourself. So it's really flipping these things on its head from a negative to a positive. And it's, it's very important to have an incentive anytime you're building out a goal, because if you're constantly striving to, to get towards a specific goal, but you never reach it, you're going to get discouraged. So have little milestones along each journey along the way. You know, I knew my overall goal was to lose over a hundred pounds and kick the drugs, but I couldn't do that right away. So, you know, whenever I lost five pounds, I celebrated. Whenever I lost 10 pounds, I celebrated. When I lost 100 pounds, I celebrated. And when I plateaued at 130 pounds, I really celebrated. So it's very important to align your goals with some type of incentive so that you're better able to, to accomplish them in the future. I love it. Treat meals. See, for me, I find that the one thing I haven't tried to challenge yet in a good way is food rewards. You know, like if I do good, ice cream is still like one of my favorite. Okay, I, I get ice cream. And I, I think it's just more determination. I guess I have to get to that point. But would you have any advice for somebody like me who it sounds like they were, you know, trying to change addictions. I can't have the gambling, so I have alcohol. I don't have the alcohol, so now I want ice cream. Like, would you tell me how to cure my or my ice cream addiction? <laughs> ice cream is okay. Everything in moderation, right? I had ice cream last night, so I treated myself last night. But you have to understand that ice cream is probably not the best to have every single night. So what you can do is set yourself up with specific goals. Whenever you reach the goal, you know, that goal, you treat yourself with a scoop of ice cream and that's okay. It's okay. You don't need to deprive yourself of everything. Everything in moderation is okay. So what I would do for you is, you know, it sounds like you're kind of bouncing down to the root cause of every issue too, right? You didn't want to do the gambling because you don't want to keep drinking and then you don't want to keep drinking. So you're going to have the ice cream. You know, what you need to do is really get down to the root cause of the issue there and find out, you know, a lot of people don't want to do the dirty work with themselves. They don't want to get, get dirty and look, look in the mirror and, and do the hard things because, you know, that in those moments is when the most intense rapid regrowth occurs. So what I would tell you is ice cream is okay in moderation. I wouldn't have it every single day, but if you accomplish something big, you come to an aha moment, you know, you had a good week. Hey, on a Friday, on a Saturday, it's okay to have some ice cream. I had some ice cream last night with some whipped cream and it was delicious. But, you know, this morning I got right back up on it and I worked out first thing this morning and I, you know, had a healthy breakfast. So it's okay to fall off the path every now and again, just so long as you get right back on it. But don't use that. What I wouldn't say is I wouldn't use that ice cream now as an excuse and say, oh my goodness, I fell off the path now it's okay for me to, you know, ex experience this downward spiral and use that as a springboard in a negative manner. You know, once you start eating the ice cream, realize it's okay. The next day you get right back on and just continue along with your path. I like that. I like that way of <laughs> operating and thinking. And of course, you know, I'm making it a lot more dramatic just so that my listeners kind of have a, a sense of how we handle these things. 
I'm going to circle back to you said there was a, it was a 10 year journey for you to learn things. So again, what were some resources that you dug into? You know, like for me, I love audiobooks and podcasts, for example. Like, what are some of the tools that you use for this self-discovery journey? So I'm a voracious reader, and I tried doing the Kindle, but I just, for whatever reason, I love a hard copy book in, in my hand as I'm reading it. So I have a huge stack of books right over here that, um, you know, I, I used to be the guy who was the egomaniac, egotistical, you know, success-driven I wanted to be the Fortune 500 CEO, the guy who had the planes, the guy who, who was, you know, Jay Gatsby. That's who I wanted to be. Gordon Gecko was my first, uh, my first mentor from uh, Wall Street. You know, greed is good. That was my guy. That's who I wanted to be. So <laughs> I had to really go out and flip my mindset on its head and say, hey, once I realized that ego is the enemy and ego is the root of all issues. It, there's a book literally called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. That book really changed my life because he says any, any issue that you're dealing with, the common cause of any single issue is you and your ego. So once you learn to subordinate your ego, be a little bit more humble, that's when your life is going to take off on a trajectory towards the moon because, you know, we're human, we're, you know, we're pack animals by nature. We're, 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 we love to be accepted. We love to be, you know, notarized and things of this nature, but it's, it's the people you got to watch out for the, the loudest people in the room because those are the people who are most, most insecure because they need to always be loved and accepted. And I was that person. Now I'm much more subdued and I've subordinated my ego like that book. So there's, there's, a plethora of books out there, you know, unfortunately now we're being bombarded by a negative insurgency every in our everyday lives. And there are some good positive books and podcasts and, and audio books out there. You just got to go seek them. And, you know, there's a ton of good support groups out there. It's not just books. Like you just got to find a resource that triggers your, you know, triggers your learning. For me, books is what it is. Podcasts is what it is. But now, even more so than ever, people are putting out tons of free content, free webinars. So there's a ton of great resources out there. And just know you don't need to go at it alone because there's, every, there's something out there for everyone to, to help better themselves. That's a good point, that taking advantage of the free, the free stuff. I had a question that I completely lost. So <laughs> I may jump in and ask you at a random time. Um, wow, I just lost that one too. <laughs> that's okay. I can laugh at myself. I think it had to do with the ego because that's something that I'm trying to be mindful of. And it does get in the way. So I'm not sure where I went with that. I wrote down the name of the book. So thank you for that as a reference. Yeah, I totally, totally <laughs> blanked out. That's hilarious. That's okay. That, myself that's quite. your that's your ego jumping in for you because they didn't want to, they didn't want you to ask that question. Oh, I know. One of the things I was going to say to you, I never heard of that Wall Street guy that mm -hmm. you said, but one of my like um, mentors, icons. I don't even know the right word. I can't share as openly as I once did because it was Donald Trump and The Apprentice. And I wanted to be on The Apprentice. I tried out a couple times. Um, but 
people don't understand my mental relationship with him being a good example. And, you, can, you know, it's like taboo to have an opinion. Yeah. Stuff like you can't that. say that those days. Yeah, it's a little too scary. <laughs> uh, so we didn't talk about spirituality. And I know that's something for me that I value in a way I never have before the last two years. Um, and the reason that prompted me to go to church and try to understand was two things. I remembered my other question. Um, <laughs> two things. Somebody said to me, I didn't go to church when I was gambling because I didn't feel like I deserved it. Mm. So my ego wanted me to know what I was missing out on. And then the other thing was, it was part of my step 11 work, which is part of my focus for 2019 was um, to practice and learn more about meditation and spirituality. My theory has been if the information's out there and it's worked for other people, that I should try everything. So that was kind of the journey with that. Do you mind sharing how you ended up spiritually connected to, you know, your beliefs and where you are today? Yeah, for sure. I'm not, um, so spirit, spirituality to me is, is more so, you know, when we talk about faith, I'm, I'm more so in tune with faith in believing myself and realizing that, you know, I've been put on this earth for a specific reason. I feel like we do have a specific path. It took me a little while longer to figure out what my path is. But, you know, I think now that I'm on this path, um, it's, it's really an enlightened spirit for me. What I, again, I can't turn back to this important moment and say this, there's this aha moment where I just realize I'm on this path and I'm, I'm in this enlightened self. But, you know, I really feel like um, I was put through everything that I went through for a reason. And now the fact that I finally subordinated my ego, finally realized it's time for me to be vulnerable and share my story. That's when I've really opened up because for me, the longest time, it was almost impossible for me to sit still in my own skin. And now I'm kind of on this enlightened, enlightened path where I can, I feel like I could really help each, you know, other people because I've gone through so many different things that you know, I think I could help use my experiences and help other people for the better. I believe that too. And I can already see that in you. You know, we've known each other about a month and I see how you interact and show up for me in the world. So I already appreciate that. No, thank you for those kind words. You mentioned vulnerability and how reducing the ego and being vulnerable is kind of what gets you to a place where you can help people. I... I really struggle with folks that don't, and it's hard because it used to be this way, but people that aren't open about their stuff because it perpetuates like stigma and the next guy not being willing to talk about his stuff, mm -hmm. you know? So there's like this dark, it can be dark, I guess is the way to say it. So kudos to you for doing that and, and, being brave. I'm curious for me, I feel like a whole different person. Like I used to not even be able to, I call it like the V word. I, I wanted no part of it. I didn't want to tell people my feelings, me and the slot machine. That was my BFF. <laughs> I got my feelings. You know, I didn't have to talk about it. Um, do you feel a difference in how you operate? You know, like 
what does vulnerability mean to you like before and after? Wow, that's a huge question. So I'll give you a little insight into that. My family now calls me new Jason. And the reason for that is because I am like a totally different person. And uh, once I once I learned to subordinate my ego, once I learned to get over the stigma, like you said, of being vulnerable, I was scared to death the first podcast I went on because I was I was sweating bullets before because this was the first time I ever told my entire story front to back and was fully vulnerable because it's in those moments where when you are vulnerable to other people, that's when selfishly that's helping me heal because for me to keep it all bottled inside, it wasn't doing good for anyone. Now I've realized if I could be vulnerable, I just help one person, then I've accomplished everything that I've wanted to do. Everything that I've gone through, all my addictions are going to shed some light on this world for somebody. And I knew I needed to break myself down and be comfortable enough in my own skin to break myself down to build other people up. And the first couple podcasts I was on, my parents listened. They were like, I didn't even know half of this stuff was happening to you. And I was like, yeah, because I was the, I was the one who was suffering in silence. I held it all in. And I don't want anyone to go through that feeling alone or stuck or anything like that, because that's the worst feeling you could feel. You know, there's people out there who have gone through similar things that you're going through and, and that are willing to help you and are coming from a good, positive place. You know, I used to come from the egotistical, egomaniac place of how is this going to benefit me? And once I started flipping that on its head and realized it's how am I going to help and influence others? That's when this whole new trajectory of life changed for me. I appreciate and understand what you're saying. It, how people react to us in our journey when we do put ourselves out there is, is pretty interesting. I'm, I'm finding that, sorry, mom, I know you'll hear this someday, but my mother even listening to the show, she's learning things and changing her behavior based on what she's learning from like the guests or my experience or whatever. And it's kind of fun watching people blossom around me in that sense and take those nuggets so that the sharing it part is beautiful. My question that I wanted to ask 10 questions ago was, um, how do you feel about 12 step program? Was that part of your journey at all? Did you use any 12 steps as resources? So I didn't officially go to a 12 step process, but throughout my entire, you know, transformation, I found that I used bits and pieces from each of the 12, you know, each of the 12 steps. I just didn't know I was actually doing them and I didn't know they were actually like scientifically proven things. So I think everyone needs to find what works for them. Some people it's going through the 12 steps. Some people it's just having an accountability person. Some people it's going to, you know, AA, NA or, or GA, things like this. But, you know, for me, you just really need to find what works. You know yourself the best, you know what your triggers are, you know, and, and even if you'd go through a 12 step process and a 12 step program, take bits and pieces away from it. You know, it, it's there to be a, a guiding force and, you know, you, you don't need to be married to one specific recovery process. You can use that, but you know, just use what works for you. And the, the main issue or the main point I want to take across your listeners is if you need, if you're ready to make a change, you you need to be ready to make a change because all throughout my journey, right? I was making changes for everyone else. I stopped the drugs for my first girlfriend. 
my parents, God bless them, they did everything they could in their power to help me eat healthier. They, you know, would feed me good, good meals. They would get me gym equipment. They'd get me personal trainers and nutritionists. And I'd go to all these, all these trainers and nutritionists and I'd weigh in and they'd be like, why aren't you losing any weight? And I'd be like, oh, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. The reason was, was because I was just going through the motions, right? I was just trying to placate my parents because I wasn't fully ready to make that change. It wasn't until I saw that college graduation picture where I said, all right, enough's enough. Now I'm ready to make a change because I have my why and I'm ready. So, you know, you could go to 12 steps and, and all these AA NAs for as long as you want and you could get talked to until you're blue in the face. But until you're ready to make a change, that's when things are going to actually start happening. I agree with you 100% about, about the fact that 12 steps are applicable to everybody, like whether they know it or not. Mm-hmm. And also that I think it's really healthy to take nuggets of each strategy to, um, to complete your journey, like have a little 12 step, have a little church, have, you know, like all the different pieces um, that are important to each person or that work for each person. So in your adventure now of jump above boundaries, speaking of solutions for folks that need, need help or different pathways, you're helping folks through a couch, a coaching kind of dynamic, correct? Yes. Do you mind mind sharing a little bit more about that? Sure. So the jump above boundaries is a play off my initials. My, my name is Jason A. Byme. So J-A-B, jump above boundaries. We basically want to jump above any boundaries that are holding us back in life. And and our, our, our logo has boxing gloves hanging from, from the jab. And the reason for that is because life punches us in the face, right? And regardless of what life throws at us, we want to be well-equipped to handle those jabs. So what I've built out is this model, this discipline model, and it's, it's um, you know, an acronym and values that a tier one peak performers live by in their everyday life. And we have a bunch of clients right now who are doing some incredible, incredible things that have just really transform their lives in a few short sessions. So, you know, basically all we're going to be is we're going to be an accountability buddy for you. Like I keep saying, you don't need to go through life alone. If you're feeling stuck, if you're unhappy with any station that you're at in life, you can make a change. And that's why I created Jump Above Boundaries because, you know, I wasn't happy with my station in life. I decided to make a change. And I think all the adversity that I've been through, I'm, you know, fully equipped to help people just like me, average Joes who, who feel stuck that we could help them. And really we could do anything we want, you know, you need for us. You want us to to call you at five o'clock in the morning, say, Hey, it's time to get up and and go to the gym. I could be your alarm clock. You want me to be your accountability buddy just to say, Hey, I'm thinking about eating this today. You send it a picture to me and, and I'll say, Hey, that's probably not the best thing for you to eat today. So we're, we're a small nimble shop. I have a fitness advisor on board so we could, um, build out fitness training uh, programs for you as well. And we're just basically a one-stop shop to get your mind right, your body right, and, and your spirits right, because you want to be firing on all, all cylinders in every aspect of your life. And that's what we can do at Jump Above Boundaries is help you out. That's a great, great mission. I'll make sure that I have all your information in the show notes. And I'm still doing some tinkering with the website. Maybe by the time this publishes, it'll be done. But your information will be definitely on the website for folks that want to try this strategy. 
Is there anything that I forgot to ask you that you might want to share or that you think is valuable? Yes, for sure. So the one, one main thing I want to take away with your listeners is like, I keep saying we're being bombarded by negativity in every area, every aspect of our lives. And what I want people to realize is that you need to start your day off with some type of psychological win, no matter how big, no matter how small. Uh, former Navy SEAL Admiral Bill McRaven wrote this great book. It's called Make Your Bed. And it's based off a uh, commencement address he gave at the University of Texas back, I think, in 2014. And it's called Make Your Bed. And it's not about actually making your damn bed. It's just about doing something first thing in the morning, being disciplined and staying consistent and doing something first thing in the morning that's going to give you a psychological win. Because once you do that, no matter what the rest of your day brings, Nobody can take away that first win. So what I like to do is, you know, first thing in the morning, I'm up before 5 a.m. I hear the alarm go off. I slam that alarm and I pop out of bed like my ass is on fire, right? What do most people do? They hear, hear the alarm, snooze, and then they roll back over for 10 minutes more of, you know, not so great sleep. But what you're telling your body in that moment when you slam the alarm and roll back over is that you value 10 minutes of shitty sleep over getting out of bed and conquering the day. That's a psychological loss. And it's a tiny, tiny, tiny thing. But starting your day off with some type of psychological win is going to set your day up and it's going to set your life up for the rest of eternity. You just gave me something so valuable. I, I'm guilty some mornings of, of the, the snooze button. But the way you just did it, attracts my ego there you right? go it, it totally does how valuable is that 10 minutes of shitty sleep is i think how you said it versus it's not valuable it's not valuable at all and you're telling your body that you would rather go back to sleep and you're probably not because you're not even getting in REM sleep so it's not even useful sleep you're going to wake up more tired because you're waking up in between a REM sleep cycle and you, you just wasted 10 minutes of your life where you could have been doing something positive. You could have been, you know, giving affirmations or journaling or setting your day up, but instead you rolled over and enjoyed the comfort of your bed instead of getting up and starting your day and conquering the day. Yeah, that's great. I love that 10 minute thing too. I don't, I don't remember which class it was this week, but somebody was talking about that 10 minutes and if you do the 10 minutes every day throughout the course of a month, you've now invested 300 minutes into whatever yep. it is. So all these little nuggets really add up and can be life-changing. Absolutely. It's, it's not about, you know, making life-changing transformations overnight. You just got to focus on the small, minute changes, the small habits, because as you stack them on top of each other, they're going to form into bigger habits and they're going to become lifestyle changing, changing things. So you really just need to focus on the tiny things, the 1% incremental changes and your life's going to be better for it. Great, great stuff, Jason. Well, if I didn't forget anything and you didn't forget anything, um, I want to thank you again for being here today. This was this was awesome. You covered so much good stuff. And I love that we're aligned in a lot of our thinking. Uh, so showing that it works, going through the journey, the things to tackle and, and having maybe it's a little different from start to finish. And I like that you offer a whole different um, resource that we haven't talked about before on the show, really. So 
a lot of gratitude for you being here today. Thanks so much. Well, thank you so much for having me on. And for any of your listeners, if you guys want to come over to Jump Above Boundaries, we give everyone a complimentary 30-minute consultation right up front. And we'll, uh, we'll just have a conversation, see what works, see what doesn't, and we'll see if we can help you. That sounds really good. That's what got me to meet you. I didn't even know that that's what was happening. Like <laughs> our coach really just helped me and gave me a whole bunch of information that was magnificent and impactful very quickly. So even that 30 minutes would be a big gift. So, well, thank you very much for everything. Thank you so much for having me. On. That was my buddy, Jason. Just what a great story he has and such good energy. Thanks for tuning in and listening to Jason. I hope you guys have a fabulous weekend. Thanks.